Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Edmonton Oilers continue to fail to gain traction, even after showing signs of improvement. After a good performance against the visiting Anaheim Ducks, a 2-1 shootout victory, the Oilers proceeded to play decidedly poorly in back-to-back road games in Dallas and Chicago, before rising up to arguably outplay, but ultimately lose to, the Nashville Predators. Oilers beat writer Robert Tichkowski was on the road with the team these last three losses, I talked to him about their ongoing challenges and about why we're seeing them sputter this year. Is the sophomore jinx a real thing being suffered by the likes of Drake Kajula, Anton Slepeshev, and Matthew Benning, three players the Oilers were looking to elevate their games after impressive rookie campaigns? What about the on-again, off-again performance of Leon Dreisaitl, the Oilers' best player in the playoffs last year, and who cashed in with a contract extension worth $8.5 million per season? Is this sort of season, in which the team apparently regresses in its development, an inevitable or even necessary step in its evolution? I'm Craig Ellingson. This is the Oil Spills Podcast for January 11th, 2018. Rob, you've just returned from uh, being on the road with the Oilers. Uh, obviously, their weekend games, they played a couple of matinees, both losses in Dallas and Chicago. That Dallas game was one of their, you know, they've had a few bad games this year, but that was one of the, that was up there with with uh, the top, I don't know, the top three worst games of the year was that Dallas Stars game. And then, but you know, then they lead into the game in Nashville where they arguably played a lot better. And came up short and lost again. Um, you know, you wrote a story uh, between you know between games between Chicago five one loss and Nashville, and you suggested, and I think this was on Twitter. You said, you know what? I think the Oilers are going to come out and beat the Nashville Predators. You had a feeling they were going to do it. You know, they had a day off where they didn't have to do any practicing or talk to media or anything like that. Why did you feel that way about the Oilers? that day uh, well these things usually they don't last forever teams come out of it at some point and, and the Predators uh, 
you know haven't been playing great uh, lately. I think they uh, you know, they'd only won three of their previous nine games or something along those lines. And the others, I think, got a chance. You know, they had the night off and did some some team bonding. Uh, and then you know, usually when you get a chance to clear your head like that, you come back and you know you're just you're refreshed and and you just get a chance to decompress and. And then you're ready to go. And in the morning skate, you know, they looked really upbeat. They didn't look like a team that had been, you know, beaten soundly in, in you know, five of their last six six games. And uh, they did. They played They played really well. It was one of their better played games, you know, in, in, in a couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah, they just came up a goal short, as has been uh, the case so often this year. Well, how much thought, you know, having that, that time off, you know, a break away from the grind, if you will. I mean, obviously the, you know, the team is coming up to having the mandated five days off next week after they play against Vegas. But, you know, obviously the, uh, this team, the orders play in Edmonton in Canada, where, you know, we pay a lot of attention to the team. This is the big game in town, whether you're in Edmonton or Toronto, Montreal, you name the city as opposed to playing in a Nashville or a Los Angeles or, name your American city that's not named New York, Chicago, or Detroit, but even those cities, the NHL is at the top dog. I mean, I, you know, this, obviously this is just something that exists. But, you know, having having a break like that for this team, it's it's probably a very valuable thing. It's, it's almost as though, why doesn't happen? Why don't they give them days off more often? But I guess it's one of those tricky things with coaching a team and the team chemistry and the psychology and everything else that goes behind it. Yeah, when you when you lose, you know, back to back five nothing shutout losses, and you've been outscored twenty two to four, and and you know your last six games, it's pretty tough for the coach to say, oh, you know, take the day off, boys. You know, you, you want to get back and address the penalty killing, or you know, the the just um, the myriad of problems that, that the team is having. Right, it's it's tough as a coach when you're trying to when you're trying to fix things to just say, you know, take the day off, but. Uh, and they had been on a stretch of you know eleven straight days where they were either playing or practicing. So uh, you know it's it is a it is a delicate balance. You 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 need to practice. You need to you try and address these problems. But you also uh, you also need to to clear your head a little bit because when things are going poorly and you're dragging yourself to the rink every day and it just be, it becomes a bit of a grind. And I think you know coaches don't often enough do that. Just say you know take the day off and, and clear your head and, and then come back rejuvenated because uh, uh, you know if, if, if it's a bad situation get out of it for a day and then come back it does help them to, to, to get a day off and you know they get they had another one yesterday uh, in, in Arizona so you know I, I don't know if these, that's the full extent of their troubles but I, I don't think it's it, it's too harmful to, uh, to, to, to give the players uh, some time off from a situation that isn't you know, we've been talking all season about why this team hasn't done better. I mean, this has been all season long, almost from the get-go. Um, you know, uh, we pointed our pointed our fingers at every level of it all, whether it's coaching or the general manager or, uh, you know, maybe some of the players that, you know, the GM was figuring would, would uh, continue on from last year's playoff run. You know, pl- you know I'm thinking about... You know, players that performed you know, better than expected, like the Drake Kajulas and the Anton Slepyshevs and the Matt Bennings. You know, those guys 
We haven't obviously haven't seen that from them this year. But, you know, everybody's at almost everybody. I mean, even even the top line players, you know, they haven't been as good as they were last year. No, everybody like everybody has just about everybody has taken a step back and I like Shirelli was in a difficult situation at the end of last uh last season because everybody knows when the Oilers were on that playoff run and how, how well they looked and, and, and how well they were playing and everybody said okay you know this is a this is a team on the rise and they were you know favored to go deep in the playoffs this year like that's not the point where you start you know making major changes to the team so we thought okay let's just stick with it and uh, I mean you have to also realize though that it was the perfect storm last year and that everybody was healthy and that uh, everybody had you know these career years so while it's okay for the fans to say you know boy this is a great young team on the rise you know nothing really needs to be done to it I think the general manager has to look at it with a more critical and more objective viewpoint and say you know what last year was great but I think more needs to be done because you know even with that perfect storm we only made it to the second round of the playoffs and, and I think you know he Shirelli is at fault for not doing enough to improve the team and you know as, as, as we're seeing now we're seeing a lot of these sophomore jinxes from the players that um, he was counting on to take a step forward and, and the top end of the lineup has been a real disappointment uh, they're just consistently being outplayed by the other teams uh, top six forwards I mean we're I think they have one even strength goal from a forward in the last uh, 18 periods. Like that's that's a bizarre stat. It just means for forwards, the top end of your lineup is just not delivering enough. Uh, and you know, every, people kind of. And McClellan said it himself the other day. People are paying a lot of attention to you know Drake Kajula and, and uh, Slepeshev, who are you know both not uh you know both neither players picked up where they left off last year but you know he's pointing the pointing the spotlight a little higher up the lineup but then leon dreisaitl and Ian Connor mcdavid one goal in seven or eight games and pretty much everybody in the top six is on a seven game goal scoring slump until uh, mcdavid scored the one in uh nashville the other day so you know if if the top six forwards were playing the way they should play i think a lot of these issues would be uh, lessened if not eliminated but uh, that's that's been a real big problem for them their best players aren't delivering hey is the sophomore jinx a real thing I think so you see it it happens so much that that you have to you can't ignore it it doesn't happen in every case but it happens a lot and I really don't know whether it's the player gets comfortable or or I don't know why it happens, but it happens. It happens so often that, yeah, you can't ignore it. That it's it's a real thing, and uh, quite often these players come back in the third year and they're fine. But um, you know, it, uh, so again, that's another tricky tricky situation for the general manager. Do you do you close the book on some of these players uh, because you just haven't seen enough of them this year, or do you just wait and think they'll they'll grow out of it and turn into fine players uh, in the future like I was you know we just went into Chicago and there's Jordan Osterley like he's uh, now in the top pairing on the Chicago's blue line whereas he couldn't get his foot in the door in Edmonton it's just uh, 
there's a there's a young guy that they that they gave up on, and uh, oops, you know, turns out that the Oilers, who desperately need an offensive defenseman, had one right under their nose, and gave up on him. So uh, that speaks both to you know sticking with your young talent and B uh, being able to identify that young talent, and that's another area where you know the coach and GM here kind of kind of missed the boat because they could really use. Uh, a top pairing defenseman who can get things going in the power play, and, and they had one, and they let him go. And there's examples of you know th- those kinds of players like you know Jordan Ashley, but you know you go back in time. Obviously, Kyle Brodjak's another one, another former Oiler who's gone on to have a long NHL career. And we could play this, you know, you could play that play that game if you will with every NHL team. You know, teams sometimes they let players go and they catch on somewhere else, and for a variety of reasons they. Maybe they sink or they sink or swim with a different organization, but you know, like we were talking about last week, uh, you, know, you know, all the heat on the GM and the coach, and obviously the players too. But you know, the likes of Peter Shirelli and Todd McClellan, you know, fans saying, "Hey, you know, we should fire the coach, fire the GM." But you know, just like sticking with players, you know, sticking with the GM and, and the coach, you know, this the owners, you know, they have. We are coming out of that decade of darkness, and I, I guess maybe are we out of it yet? Um, but you know, should Bob Nicholson, Daryl Cates, they maybe have they learned from some mistakes in the past? I mean, obviously Bob Nicholson hasn't been at the helm of the Oilers for years and years. But you know, what is the alternative? Firing, firing people and starting over again in a city that's seen. How many head coaches and you know a handful of GMs steer the ship here and into nothing so far? Yeah, I think when you get into that situation, I mean, this is the thing. You know, they've had what seven head coaches in ten years or something along those lines. Uh, four general managers. That it becomes just a. It's absolutely counterproductive to do that. It doesn't. It, it doesn't help. It just creates a, a disruption when you, you know, if you bring in a new coach, that means you have a new system, and then and and all this, all the change that the players, the players don't like it, and then it's and it's not that you. McConnell's not a bad coach. That's that's the issue. You're not firing a guy who's incompetent or who doesn't know what he's doing. He's he's a good coach. So I, I, I don't. It doesn't make doesn't make much sense to do that. You know, having said that, the coach, you know, often pays for it because you know you have to do something and, and people are clamoring for change uh, you know I think if if, if they were going to do something it might be at the GM level before it would be at the coaching level but but even then I, I don't think that they the Cates and uh, uh, Bob Nicholson really want to get into that situation where you're creating all this massive upheaval uh on a team that is just desperate for a little bit of continuity and, and stability. Uh, again, but also having said that, you know, five or six more games, like the last five or six games, something has to give. So uh, you can't just sit there and, and twiddle your thumbs while you lose, you know, 10 of 11 games by 5-1 scores. You know, something has to give very shortly or something will give. You know, I, I, I think that they're, or there's are heading into a situation right now where they have to they have to get it turned around because if they don't you know they, they might have to force somebody's hand maybe maybe the bye week is kind of the best thing for them coming up here because they'll get a little bit of time to breathe 
and uh, clear their heads, and then maybe they maybe they come back from that. It's a, a different situation, but uh, it's pretty grim right now. This is as ugly as I've seen it around here in a long time, and you know I was there for every day of the decade of darkness. But at least with those teams, there were no expectations. This club was expected to be good and has all the personnel that it should be able to be good. Uh, but it's just just been a real em- embarrassment almost the way they've. Uh, Perform this entire season. Could um, you know, once would it be a bit of a boon in a in a weird way if once the playoffs become that much out of reach and the pressure isn't there anymore to say okay we don't expect you guys to make the playoffs now. I mean we're only halfway through the season and even though you know it's extremely unlikely the orders will come back and somehow some way get themselves back into the postseason. You know once that's over and there's you know, and they were playing for next year. Um, I think it's imperative that the owners, you know, if they want to shake themselves of this funk and, and look to next season, it is imperative that they play better. And I don't know. I, I mean, it's impossible to say, yeah, we expect that to happen because they haven't been performing, uh, you know, to the level of what everybody thought they would this year. Um, but, you know, is there something to that as well? We, you know, the the pressure, the expectations. Could that be something that could happen? Yeah, I think I think the the, the expectations absolutely weighed on this team. Like they, you know, they were expected to to be a, a contender, and that not every team can can wear that uh, can wear it well. Some people embrace it, and others struggle with it, and the Oilers seem to struggle with it. Uh, they either a little bit under the pressure of, of being starting the entire season as a Stanley Cup contender. Remember the run that they went on in the playoffs last year. You know that was it was a, a month of you know adrenaline to have to do that uh, for an entire season uh, is is a is a different is a different animal. You know they did uh, they did get 103 points last year, but that was as an underdog with, again, not a whole bunch of pressure on them. They weren't expected to do much of anything. You know, people at the start of the season last year were saying, you know, if this team can just maybe make the playoffs, that would be great. And, and you know, the more they won, it was, you know, it was unexpected. They were the underdogs and, and everything was kind of, it was kind of a bonus. And that wasn't the case anymore. They, you know, they were expected to, to contend for the division. They were expected to go two or three rounds deep in the playoffs. And then, when they ran into a little uh, adversity, they just collapsed, and, and it just uh, right from the start, it just went it went south and it stayed there. So, you know, I usually I've 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 seen this a lot in in previous so other teams where you know that once the season's over and the pressure's off and they get on this really big run late in the season, and then they put together this big charge and they fall a few points shy of making the playoffs and then people are like oh okay you know they're back just wait till next year and then next year comes of course and they you know they're uh they're back to they're back to struggling again but uh pressure is a real thing in sports and uh you know like i said some people embrace it and some people struggle with it and also i mean obviously all these all the owners have been playing hockey you know at a high level for quite a while whether it's in the nhl or you know, junior and previous levels, but this is a you know the leadership. They're the core part of the team. It's a relatively young group. I mean, Connor McDavid's only 
he's turning 21 on the weekend. Dreisaitl is in his early 20s. All these guys are relatively new to the NHL. And, uh, you know, obviously there are veterans on the team. But, I mean, Connor McDavid is turning 21 in a couple of days. Um, and he is your star player. They they have to they have to grow into this, don't they? Oh, definitely, and this is one of the one of the growing pains because uh, you know, and you're right about the fact that they're young. These are 21 and 22 year olds facing this stuff for the first time at the National Hockey League level, and it's new to them. And uh, you know, they'll they'll have this to to draw on in the future, but it's a, it's a painful. Uh, a lesson that they had to learn that uh, no matter what you did last year, the next year is going to be uh, going to be tougher because everybody is getting better. Everybody's working hard in the off season. Everybody's improving their teams, and uh, nothing comes easy. And uh, you know, when your when your core leadership group is 21, 22, 23 years old, you know, you know, with this, you know, aside from like the Milan Luciches and that, who is. You know, the guys won a Stanley Cup, so he knows what it takes. But by and large, the the core group of this team is 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 young, and uh, they, uh, you know, they this is a this is a painful lesson for them. But hopefully, they learn from it. That's our Oil Spills podcast for today. You can subscribe to our show on SoundCloud and iTunes. I'm Craig Ellingson. Talk to you soon.